2020 by the time you're listening to this, which can only mean one thing. It's episode number 48 of FIA Goes PC. As always, I am your host, Danny Hale, aka Rebel Zen. And it's not New Year here yet. We're still in Japan. We're still uh, basically quite a bit in reverse time. So we're back to the future, essentially, or something like this. Yeah, it's been a heavy week. We've done a lot of filming. We're going to tell you all about it to get your uh, New Year started the way it should be by telling you of adventures in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, fancy that. And I am with my producer today who's half awake, I think. We're not really sure. She's meant to be in hibernation. It's pretty cold here. It's a rainy day. So obviously she's going to be half asleep. She's half lizard, as you all know. That is our producer, Winifred Marks. Say hello. Hello. Happy New Year. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, you're all five days into your New Year. We are not. We haven't approached ours yet. It's a weird thing, time zones. And with us both, the time-traveling, unique Slayer of Unicorns. He's been around the world with us. He's, uh, he's now a president of 16 countries. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, he's the Unicorn Slayer. Pete, say hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <clears throat> oh, hello. Or oh, hello. Whatever you fancy. Yeah. Both work. Yeah. Both work. From but maybe I, your president. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 16 countries no one's heard of. But mm. basically, I'm, I'm guessing everyone listening to this right now is fed up of New Year. Thanks and how you doings and all of this stuff. But uh, we're going to say it one more time. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There you go. <laughs> 2020. The year of the Tokyo Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to stay around for that. I think we've all got things to do. Um, we were going to enter it. We had a few few legitimate things that we could have entered as. Uh, I was going to be the javelin that people throw, for example. Uh, Win, you're going to do timed rhythmic gymnastics or something? Uh, what? Timed rhythmic gymnastics. I just created it. I don't know what that is. No, no. And, and obviously Pete would have done... How many shots can you take in five seconds? So, uh, or ball boy for the uh, shot put. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm. Ball boy for the shot put, a very crucial part of the Olympics. Mm -hmm. You would have done really well at that, I think. Or a target. Yeah. Moving target for the shot put. That would have been good too. So, uh, okay, so we've got a hell of a week to talk about. We have done quite a lot this week. We have not sat on our laurel, so to speak. I'm recovering. I can't hear out of my left ear, which is really, really useful for many things uh, <laughs> and useless for others. But we're going to plow on through. I think both of you guys have picked up a sore throat from someone or something or <laughs> somewhere. Someone unnamed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you just can't say it name. Maybe cause... it's a ninja. Yeah, mm. maybe it is. We have got a ninja in the roof. Yep. Winifred wants to say something. She's leaning like she needs to I'm say something. I'm trying to link it, but I don't know how. Anyway. Uh, you tried to link ninjas in Japan well no (laughs) I was going to talk about karate because it's one of the new uh, sports oh in the Olympics Ah, Olympics, yeah right 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 so karate softball or baseball skateboarding sport climbing and surfing these are the new yeah these are the new Olympic Mm -hmm. sports ready for Tokyo I knew climbing was in there so that was that's pretty cool I think yeah I wonder if the surfing uh, is going to be interesting with sharks 
because uh, every surfer needs a good lawyer. So we're going to move on. Uh, it is basically a week of filming. We started our week in Kabukicho. We have discussed Kabukicho and Shinjuku a little bit before in our day off. But this was filming, so everything changes. So the immense thing was we actually got to explore the area in a bit more real time. Because when we were cruising, sort of looking at sets and things like this, we kind of plowed through as much of Tokyo as we could. Uh, if you blink, you missed it kind of a deal. But when we were actually filming, we, we get kind of more hands-on. And we went back to the GoPro for this. We did something quite special. Uh, so we've got a bit of a dual take, a double adventure in one. Mm. A bit like Head and Shoulders. What? <laughs> or Wash and Go, if that's still a thing. Or <laughs> any other two for ones at a pub. Um, basically, this was kind of cool because we met up in the centerpiece, which is sort of just before the gates, the famous gates of Kabukicho, and then we divided. So the Unicorn Slayer went on the left-hand side and the stupid idiot director, me, uh, went on the other side, which mm. is the right-hand side, unless you got three arms, and then it gets even more confusing. But yes, we had quite an adventure. We started our day exploring a few things we hadn't seen, including Cebu train station, there is actually another train line right at the backside of Kabukicha. Mm. I think it's a pleasant thing to say. Um, and uh, we, we saw, yeah, oh God, yeah. I'm going to go high pitch for this one. <laughs> it's kind of a cool area because when you actually spend time with the perspective that we had, we're not going to ruin the episode, but you do see all the nooks and crannies a little bit. And mm. it was in the daytime, which I think is very cool because at nighttime it's obviously neon center very famous if you go to google or whatever and look it up kabukicho you'll see all the lights you don't really get to see daytime there so we thought it would be kind of special to do something in the day and uh less busy for one wasn't it mm -hmm. yeah what was your thoughts of kabukicho in the daytime felt a lot more at home especially with the uh the people in that square that were just sitting having a drink yeah randomly yeah random drinkers yeah, yeah. reminded me a lot more of dudley Yep, very much uh, got a Dudley flavour to it, Kabukicho. Mm -hmm. uh, only a flavour. We can't get too carried away. <laughs> bit like salt and uh, strawberries. Well, I that'll think. teach you to uh, stop licking the random people, won't it? It was. But, I mm -hmm. mean, that's how you greet people, and they might frown upon it here, but it is your way. So, <laughs> there you go. So, Kabukicho, uh, we also got to explore a bit of the train station, a couple of the subway malls there in that area in Shijuku. That was quite cool as well. Mm -hmm. Very odd in style, because you... When you walk down a subway, usually, what you're not greeted with is what I can only call bulletproof glass uh, automatic doors. But we were greeted with that here. And I think that was um, just in case Obama was in town and doing an inaugural speech. Um, because, as we all know, he needs bulletproof glass to do that, uh, unfortunately. Hi, America. How are you doing? Hope you're still with us. Happy New Year to all of you out there. Uh, it's if we closer. haven't lost you all yet. Yeah, well, it's actually closer to New Year's for America still. Um, so, hey, I'll take I'll take one for the team. I'm gonna have a <laughs> sip of tea for the uh, the working man, so to speak. Sorry, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I just nicked your tagline. Uh, so, what did you think of Kabuki Cho in a daytime win? It was alright. I particularly like the fact that we filmed in real time for the first time. Yeah, for the first time here. Because usually I have to follow the camera. When I'm doing the sound. Yeah. And now with two cameras on, we found a solution for that. Yeah, so we did find a solution. It, it was, was uh, it was very efficient. I was happy as a producer. <laughs> as most as most good solutions 
I found, uh, ours was underneath a rock in the middle of Kabukicho, and mm -hmm. it was a great solution to our problem. But um, Kabukicho, made famous by a series of uh, Japanese games that I won't go on and on about because I'll spare Pete because I've pretty much <laughs> talked about nothing but those. It's kind of cool how you see the emulated world and then you spend time in the real world, so to speak. A lot more dense. We did find the famous, what used to be the famous theater square in the district. It now is a bit of a hangout for hobos, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We should yeah. give them some t-shirts. We should. We should <laughs> definitely do that. And we'll get to do that later when we talk to you about our amazing sponsor. But yeah, no, it's a bit hobo central. It was a little bit... Actually, the, the dirtiest place I've seen in Tokyo. Like, it was a little bit trash everywhere and a little bit of a meet your hobo friends and have a picnic on the street. Kind it's got of a era. different vibe by day, hasn't it, rather than a... It's very much a nighttime place. It I is. I mean, it is universally dubbed the red light district of Tokyo. A lot of red lights there. Um, and uh, most of it just pedestrian crossing. So... <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I, you know, it's got a bad reputation in that regards, but I think uh, you will find if you go there, it's actually an all-ages place. There's a huge cinema there. It's in a tower, Toho. Mm. Um, we did discuss that, but it is super impressive, like three-floor cinema. And Godzilla's on the top of it. And Godzilla <laughs> is indeed. And we, honestly, we went there the first time, didn't even notice that. No. Didn't no. even notice. There's signs everywhere, didn't even notice. We, were too... we didn't look up. <laughs> We didn't. No. We, he's kind of peeking over the building when mm, you go he's, in. He's definitely having a peek, that's for sure. <laughs> and I think what we also were, were a bit mesmerised by BTS on, on the old plasma screen. That was behind us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were still playing, mm -hmm. uh, almost like they've never left. But uh, we got through Kabukicho, said hello to Godzilla. Um, Gorgira, if you're local. Big lad. Got to be said. You can a, go up and see him. You can. You, you mm. actually have to make reservations, don't you? Well, there's, um, there's a restaurant and a coffee shop, yeah. I believe, up on the uh, seventh floor of the, uh, of the building. Mm. Um, only, oh, sorry, no, there's a restaurant and a hotel. Correct. So only patrons of, the, of those can actually go, in a, go and see him up there. Yeah, yeah. the hotel is uh, the huge tower atop mm. of the cinema. Mm. Yeah. 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 So you have to make reservations. The only other thing you have to really get your concierge to make reservations for here is uh, Jiro's Sushi Place, which was made famous by Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which formerly was on Netflix. Very good documentary. Great if you film. haven't seen it, you should mm -hmm. see it. Um, but it's the same Godzilla because he is a Michelin star monster, as everyone knows. Five what? star. Yeah, yeah. Five <laughs> star monster. I mean, as far as monsters go, yeah, he's pretty up there. He's, uh, he's a bit royalty. Oh, is he well known as a local chef then, is he? Yeah, well, he, he does that on the side. I mean, oh, right. You know, if you're a big... When he's not scaring people. Absolutely. Yeah, if yeah. you're a huge, I don't know, 130-foot monster, mm -hmm. you do need a day job, and that's his. Uh, he and sushi's ham... definitely good for him because it's nice and intricate. Oh, he's more of a hamburger chef. Oh, right. He okay. eats sushi because he's a reptilian monster. Mm. But, of course, we shouldn't talk about Godzilla too much because if we do... Uh, well, we've basically done a mini-adventure and we'll get sued. So, we're going to move on. From Shinjuku, we then started filming at another special place. Where was that there, Win? Shibuya. We've been there before. We have been to mm -hmm. Shibuya. We have discussed Shibuya, especially the Spanish street of Shibuya, yeah. which is pretty much where we filmed. It was really busy that day. It was. Super busy. Yeah, that well, was Shib slightly Shibuya. annoying in terms of filming. 
if it yeah if we didn't say it before we'll say it again now it's pretty much the central shopping district mm-hmm. by that big brands huge brands are all there yeah. i think uniqlo which is a clothing store if you're from london you'll know about it if you're from new york you'll know about it and if you are in hong kong you know about it and i think throughout asia they've got sort of branches mm. harder to find in different areas of the uk harder to find in different areas of the usa but people have heard of it it's yeah. kind of japan's gap is how I would call it. Yeah. And uh, they have a flagship store in Shibuya. But Shibuya is, there's probably four or five main territories in Tokyo. And Shibuya is one of the most famous areas. A lot of young people hang out there. There's a lot of events going on all the time. Pretty cool place. Pretty, pretty awesome place. But it it's kind of not unlike New Street in Birmingham or... Anywhere in London, Piccadilly Circus, that kind of area for shopping. It's very similar to that. Um, pretty much World City status shopping. So we can sort of discuss. I think one thing that we found interesting was there's uh, Don Quixote there, which is a big brand out here. We've discussed that Woolworths kind of Poundlandy kind of a place. <laughs> it is pretty much the Shibuya one is one of the iconic ones. And so everything there is priced up. Mm. quite a bit jacked up and it's not as friendly is it it has that kind of feeling where there's a bit of elitism going on in the store it felt a bit more corporate and there were tons of chinese tourists yeah yeah basically (laughs) stocking up and shopping as they do Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it was i guess it's because of the number of people they kind it feels more i don't know well it feels more elitist i would say there's Mm. a lot more um Disorganized was you, what I was. You would say, say even that, yeah. okay? So disorganized elitism, whatever that is. Well, um, elitist in terms of their attitude, like yeah. no one really seems to care too much. Yeah. But disorganized because like everything's kind of slightly messier. There's more people yeah. coming mm. through. Um, the aisles that you get to walk through are it feels smaller. Yeah. Even though it's a bigger shop. Yeah. Mm. I think it's just packed full of stuff. Got to be honest on the side foot. It could have just been a day we went there because it was heavy, heavy traffic in that place. But Shibuya as a place, very worth seeing. There was something quite amazing happening because it is still Halloween here. Uh, for those who care, uh, <laughs> in time travel, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they had a, a event at Burger King where they changed <laughs> Burger King to basically what I can only say is Walking Dead. Yeah, and the whole thing was like a living ghost train. That where was they, really cool. Yeah, that was funky. You had uh, fully dressed. I would say they were more vengeful spirits, which is a Japanese thing rather than zombies. They mm. have a very similar kinship, I suppose. Mm. But they were beckoning people in to go and eat. Uh, the last thing I want to do uh, is eat where there's zombies, stroke, yeah. vengeful spirits. The full-on makeup was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it's my first choice of place to eat. Yeah, your first. If I see zombies, I'm like, right, I'm in there. Zombie-infested restaurant. Yeah. If, yes. zombies, <laughs> if zombies are late there, you know, it's definitely <laughs> worth it. Yeah, well, I mean, they do, they do like big brains. So you'd they be, do indeed. You'd be at home there, buddy. <laughs> so... Um, basically yeah no it's um it was interesting and the the interesting thing about it was that uh half the players was playing christmas music <laughs> it which seemed for, like it didn't it yeah which mm. for october is a little weird 
But Shibuya is a cool place. Most people won't be detracted from anything we say. We're a bunch of idiots. But basically, <laughs> you know, if you're going to go to Tokyo, it's a must-do place to see, especially yeah. if you want to shop tax-free oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't really want to say too much about Shibuya. We did focus on the Spanish street. Mm-hmm. But basically, that caved uh, sort of gave way, I would say, to one of our most favorite places in Tokyo. It's very famous for two iconic things, really. But we went to Asakusa to film, and that was a lot more recently. That was yesterday, actually. (laughs) As we are recording this, it was yesterday. Asakusa, famous for uh, the temple there, Fertility Temple, and also uh, Shrine and Gateway, and also the old markets, Mm -hmm. which were enormous. Huge. It's an older district. So it really yeah. feels more historical than yeah. other areas, such as Shibuya. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so impressive that the local ambulance is making a tour of They duty are here. so noisy. Yeah. And if they you, drive really slow, so it I said that. lasts forever. Yeah. Oh, here yeah. it comes. You're going to pick it up now. Here we go. Here we go. Sounds like an air raid siren. Yeah. 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 It's going past real time. Not, not really in a rush. It's the Japanese THX uh, soundtrack this is. The other day it happened at like five in the morning. Mm. Yeah. And we are actually inside at this point. It yeah, might we sound like we're outside, all, but we're not. All the windows are shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're presuming it's an ambulance, otherwise it's a very loud guy with a siren on his head. Mm-hmm. However, moving back to Asakusa, <laughs> so we did some quite interesting stuff. We actually started at the Sky Tree. Now, again, I'm going to focus a bit more on that because we haven't really discussed it. We've said how big it is, how impressive it is. Biggest at this moment in time, standing tower in the world. Um, I mean, okay, here's, here's how I'm just going to break it down. The mall that the Sky Tree is attached to is a must-do because there's a lot of things in that mall that are really, really exclusively Japanese, mm-hmm. like the broadcasting television company mm-hmm. has a store. Yeah. And that's a really cool place to find things off the beaten track, not the normal tourist stuff, but kind of exclusive stuff for Japanese television and things like this. If you are learning Japanese or have indeed learned the language of Japan's fine language, the 500 alphabets, um, you will like that store because all of the TV shows that are current are now boxed up. It's basically like going to the BBC and the mailbox. Yeah, pretty much the equivalent of that, but a, a really big, impressive store. That's worth checking out. There's loads of Hello Kitty stuff and things like this, mm. very of that ilk. And we found a Studio Ghibli shop, didn't we? Yes, it was specifically a My Neighbor Totoro store. Yeah. Where I didn't want to leave. Especially after hugging the giant figurine. It was so cute. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's, I think, what we can sort of break down in... In Japan, is the three biggest things that sell here to tourists is anything Studio Ghibli. One Piece is still the biggest mm. thing, and Dragon Ball Z. I'm gonna add Z. Pokemon to that list. Pokemon too, yeah. yeah. Uh, not Pokemon too, but Pokemon as a whole. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> two, three, four, five, and six. Yeah, it's all here. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they're the biggest sort of sellers. Uh, you will see that almost every shop you go to with tourism things. Yep. But this mall is pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, off-kilter Japanese clothing lines as well there that are very good, very uh, high-quality stuff. But, um, yeah, basically at the Sky Tree itself, and this is really strange to me, it's kind of a nod back to Macau, 
When you actually get to the ticket box and the sky tree, number one, it's basically rush hour at Heathrow Airport. So the queues are crazy, almost Beatlemania out the door queues <laughs> to get up, up, up on the tower. There are three tickets you can get. Uh, one of them is to cover the whole thing, and that's obviously the most expensive. Yeah, the combo ticket. Yeah, you can get to the top point, which is like a windowless observation deck. Mm-hmm which is actually slightly cheaper than the mid section, which is a mall, basically, with a bunch of restaurants and well, the, things. The top point is actually five floors, but yeah. it's kind of a, a winding, almost staircase pathway. That's correct, yeah. That goes all around it, and like you say, completely windowless. Yeah. yeah. And the day that we went would have been absolutely perfect. Oh, we, we were literally there probably the best day you would do it. A clear sky, yeah. very, very warm. For 20 plus degrees. Year. Yeah, pretty cool in a warm way. But basically, <laughs> what I'm going to say is, like, the concierge bit was ridiculous. It's mm. basically literally looked like an airport queue for a check-in on yeah. a huge flight. Including the scanners. Including the scanners. That's a good point. We'll, we'll note on that. Uh, the thing that I was thinking of how is how everyone there is dressed up like a flight attendant that sort of checks you into the line that you're meant to get a ticket on, <laughs> which was pretty strange for mm. something like that. But then the security gate is fairly heavy, pretty heavy combo sort of airport security almost. Mm-hmm. Um, for multitudes of reasons, all logical, all makes sense. But it kind of put me off it. And we were going to go up there to try and film, but it's a literal no filming mm. policy place. I think that is probably because they've got photography that you have to buy up there and stuff like this, get someone to do it. Because mm. you can't even take photos up there. According to the sign. Well, it it kind of reminded me of um, the peak when they said, oh, you can't film in this particular exactly, area. Exactly. I the think there's deck. there's probably allocated mm. areas. You could take photos, but it was no professional yeah. Right, there stuff. you go. Yeah, that's, no, it's good to note that. Which nowadays is a, is a, is a grey area it because is. everybody's phone yeah. is mm-hmm. essentially a pro camera. Yeah. So and you, how and do you distinguish? You can, you can just put it onto YouTube and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, if anything's taught us anything about anything, it's the Hong Kong protests. Everyone uses their phone cameras yeah. for freelance reporting on that. Yep. So, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. But um, we just saw the line. It was literally probably 100-ish people, I would say, maybe mm-hmm. more. And it just wasn't worth the time to be rejected from filming. If we'd have had to like put our cameras in a locker or something, it would have been pointless. It wasn't cheap either. No. Yeah. About th- how much? Three, four thousand? Uh, the combo ticket was 3100 for one yeah. person. Yeah. Um, yen, that is. And so then that's around like, what, 20, 25 quid? 25 quid, yeah. yeah. And you will find that when you get up there, if you need beverages or food or something, it's all highfalutin yeah, sort of Michelin-star restaurant uh, quality things up there. So it is, again, if you want to see the tallest town in the world, can't stop yet, it's perfect thing to do mm-hmm. at least once in your life for us it wasn't practical and obviously if we came back as tourists one time we might do it but it is i don't know man it just felt like a lot of stuff for not a lot you know if you want to see a really really good view from tokyo i suggest that you ask godzilla for you know <laughs> uh, a piggyback because that's the way i'd do it i bet pete was relieved that we didn't have to go up <laughs> I think actually everyone was psyched up to do it. I think by the time we were looking at it, we were thinking, yeah, no, this could be quite amazing. We like to put him in high places. Yeah, mm. we do. We do. Well, we regard him in high places. I have a phobia of heights, and you do 
quite often take me up them. Yes. With, yeah. with little or no warning, I will point out. And we're going to do that soon, but we'll talk about that when we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like... <laughs> At least whole... I've got forewarning this time. You have. Yeah, you've had many <laughs> days to uh, uh, phone your counsellor. Uh, yeah. But basically, I don't know, man, like... It's not really my thing. Anything that's super touristy like that doesn't really have... It sort of comes with an expectation, and then once you're at the top, it's not really got that. It's just a very amazing view of the Mm. city, which I'm sure, you know, there's so many people who'd want to do that, but I just didn't think it's worth it. Mm. So I kind of go into Disneyland, paying full price, and only being able to go on two rides. Mm. To me, is the equivalent. Uh, you know, like Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so That's we're so gonna... empty. You get on all of them in half an hour. Yeah. I know, yeah. But uh, there's only three rides there anyway, so it's <laughs> fine. You can probably go on them 50 times. But um, we're not going to knock Hong Kong Disneyland too much, except for it's probably the worst in the world. Uh, we're going to move on and say the Sky Tree. Very cool. Beautiful structure. Really interesting. I think every so often they pull an event up there, and mm. that would be worth going up to see. Probably in the summer, I would imagine. And not to be confused with the Tokyo Tower, which is something yes. completely different. Well, I think the Tokyo Tower moves nightly. I yeah, think yeah. It's constantly, it's one of those. constantly in motion. But um, yeah, so Skytree, very cool. Research it on Google. If you do come to Tokyo and you don't mind braving some serious queues, go for it. Great. But I would suggest if you're not too fussed, get to the base of it, take some really nice pictures of the structure in its whole. Because that's completely free. Yeah, that's totally free. Mm. You can and still spe- take good photos. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can of course, especially on a good day, and then explore them all because it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and the actual area of Asakusa is now the focus. Yeah. The actual area of Asakusa, yeah. mostly uh, urban area, very much real-life Tokyo in that district, one of the oldest places here. But it has one of the most famous temples here, as well as the shrines. It is quite an incredible place. It's it's very calming to be in that place after dealing with the madness <laughs> of Kabukicho and Shibuya and things like that. Not that it was quiet when we went. It certainly wasn't quiet, but it, it kind of feels peaceful, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. And the markets there, which is a huge string of markets, uh, all link into each other, all roofed, which is quite cool. It's like a little walkway that you go through. Just an amazing place. Some really, really good restaurants tucked away. We actually Mm. went to one of them. um, And you basically go through what looks like a tiny shop front. They send you upstairs and then it literally looks like a dream of a Japanese restaurant. Yeah. And it was super special. Just go explore Nasakusa, the market areas. You've got Orange Street. You've got other streets. Nafemi Sea. There you go. See, I can't remember the names. It's a little bit hard to store it all. But honestly, these markets are really cool. There's a lot of things there that are very missing in other parts of Tokyo, like a lot of heritage rice crackers that they make on site, Mm -hmm. uh, mochi, things like Mm. that, ice cream. It's just a really cool market. It's like stepping back in time, isn't it? And it's huge. Massive. massive. We didn't see all of it. We didn't. But we did stop by um, the Owl Cafe. (laughs) <laughs> which was unique, you know. So the, the owl, owl cafe. otter and hedgehog cafe, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like any of these animal cafes, you go in, you pay a fee, and you spend time with the animals whilst mm-hmm. drinking coffee or something. You know, kind of unique, very Japanese thing to do, but awesome. A bit like 
more of a personal zoo, isn't it? Yeah. When mm -hmm. you think about it. And there's a lot of them around. There's Well, there's some really exotic ones like penguins. Yeah. You know, but it is it is quite incredible. And the person selling that cafe, just in case you're in Asakusa and you want to know where that is, you can't miss it because the person out front's got an owl on there. Yeah. Home. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That is the second time we've seen somebody outside with an owl. Yeah. Outside yeah. A, a cafe. And a Japanese owl. Very mm. uh, indigenous to hear. I didn't hear him speak. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, it hummed mm. in, in 57 uh, alphabets. All oh, right. Mm -hmm. All 57 of the Japanese language. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. How come uh, it's increasing? Huh? You're increasing the alphabet. Oh, because it's constant. Well, for owls, it's their Ys, aren't they? So they've got more uh, alphabets okay. than people, obviously. Mm. You didn't they confuse know us normal people. Yeah, they find the humans a hoot. Anyway, so. What we're going to go forwards and say is when you get through all the market, the best thing to do right after that is to start checking out the temple mm. because the temple, very, very special. Again, if you Google Asakusa, I'm pretty sure it will pop up straight away. I'm again, and you'll have to forgive me, Japan, but I forget the name. Do you have the name of the uh, temple? Sensoji. Sensoji. Yeah. Right. There are actual stations nearby that are probably named after the temple as well, I'd imagine. But the area of the temple is something different. It's something super unique. Mm -hmm. I will set this for the people listening in Birmingham right now. Sorry, forgive me, but it's what I know. When you go to Birmingham at Christmas, you have a Christmas market. It's from Berlin, so it's not actually a Birmingham market. It's German, it's not Berlin. Isn't it? Oh, yes. It's... it's um... Is it Munich? Hamburg? Hamburg. Frank, uh, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. There we go. There we got go. there in the end. It's one of, <laughs> it's one of the, your favourite uh, fast food snacks. Um, it's actually shipped over yes. from Frankfurt yeah. every year. And, and most people working there are from Romania, but that's incidental. Czech. Yeah, Czech, <laughs> Romanian, Transylvanian. I tried speaking German there the once and they just looked at me very strangely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But basically, so you if you've ever been to Birmingham at Christmas and if you haven't and you're listening from America you should go because mm -hmm. it's a unique experience this structure on the way to the temple that we're now in uh, Asakusa is very much like that there's a lot of Japanese touristy gifts and things like that there's food everywhere that's just snacks you would not find in many places uh, again, homemade mochi. We saw deep fried mochi, which is great mm. for you Scottish people listening. Um, <laughs> and basically just, you know, it's, it's just a really amazing strip. And it goes on for ages, this mm. market. There's, uh, I think there's three lanes, is it? Something like that? Yeah, it's like three or four really long streets. Yeah. And they're all connected. All leading you to the temple, of yeah. which is then lit by like hundreds of lanterns. Mm. And you get to the main thing to see the mega red lantern in the center to tell you where you are. Mm. And it's just one of the coolest places I've ever seen. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's stepping back in the past, sure, but it's got a lot of mod cons. Another thing that I loved about it is you get all of the festival shops that sell all of the clothes that people wear in Tokyo festivals around the year. And just some really cool stuff around yeah, it. Yeah, like kimono rental shops, wasn't there? Loads of them on the way. Because I think mm. people, obviously, when they go to these things, it usually is that festival flavor. Yeah. That you'd go to a temple if you're local in Japan. But I think that you get that kind of every day there. You get a taste of that. And mm. I think, obviously, if you're touring here, 
a lot of people who are into cosplay or definitely into the Japanese culture, curious or whatever, will rent out kimonos. And look the part, because you're all made up. The hair's done and everything else is done. But uh, the one thing I've got to say, Pete, is if I'm in a temple, I don't tend to uh, want to get a kimono. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, what, do you, uh, what do you want to get? Well, I want to get the proper temple attire. Ah, and what is the proper temple attire, Danny? Well, the proper temple attire, at least the cool kids on the street, are wearing hobo bait, t-shirts and apparel. Oh, please do tell me more. Yeah, well, they sponsored our first season. They kitted us out, Pete. Everything you were wearing in the top half of your body, not socks, like you usually do, were actually t-shirts sent to us from Hobo Bait. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah. Where could I get these, Danny? Well, you, I'm, I'm glad you asked me because you <laughs> can go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Hobo Bait right now. And it is New Year's. Christmas is done. You should have bought loads of stuff from Hobo Bait over Christmas. But because it's New Year, make it your New Year's resolution to buy even more stuff. That is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Hobo Bait. They've been amazing to sponsor us for the last two seasons here on the podcast as well. And also, kitted us out. And they've given us, I don't know, tie-in stuff, which is insane. Like, we've got character t-shirts that are based on our characters from uh, Project FIA series. So, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool. So go there right now. No excuses. So, yeah, like, honestly, uh, I think the kimono thing, I, I find it weird. I find it weird to see people around the world dressed in kimonos anyway. I find mm. that a strange thing. Yeah, there was a Western couple taking some photos yeah. at the uh, the main gate, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, I mean she looked enough. great. She looked great. She was, uh, I, I don't know if she was Scandinavian, but she had that look. Mm. And her hair, bright blonde, you know, all tied up in a Japanese way. So I guess they do the whole treatment thing mm. there. And it did suit her. But, you know, when you see fellas and stuff walking around, I, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> To me, it just doesn't, it looks odd, you know. There's nothing wrong with embracing the culture, is there? There's nothing wrong with embracing it. You just look weird you know <laughs> plus i mean let's face it we're all about 10 foot tall compared to the natives so it it's hard to find one the that body fits. shape i think yeah yeah something we, that we makes wouldn't it a bit one. weird mm. yeah we're better off in sumo gear mate <laughs> yeah i think but so um, a diaper yeah exactly mm. <laughs> and we'd uh would be an attraction at the gate of the uh, temple as well but the <laughs> temple was fascinating it was built in the seventh century, so it's really old. It's older than me. Yeah, yeah which is uh, <laughs> oh, which is, yeah, it's going back to uh, before uh, black yeah. and white was invented. Yeah, seventh mm. um, century BD before Danny. Yeah, before Danny. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, I don't even think that was a historical time, but apparently it is. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very famous. Mm. I, I think anyone who associates any visual from Tokyo, if you look at a calendar of Tokyo, it will be on there. Yeah, super famous place, but. One thing I took from it, and I think Pete and I found this, there's a load of mini shrines and things around, and it's kind of the Japan you want to see. It's mm -hmm. definitely that, and which is an ever-growing rarity in Tokyo because everything's shrouded. Something we haven't buildings. found that often, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And what one thing we found um, that we are in the belief of, because it's a fertility temple, it's basically, I don't know, moralistically saying, we're going to help you out, kids. <laughs> an hourly rated hotel in the middle of nowhere yeah uh which was called uh Mer mermaid well it was mermaid on the top and then uh m-a-r-e made yeah downstairs yeah which i think was just a scouser trying to say mermaid yeah it could have been yeah, mermaid been. yeah it could have been 
could have been, mm-hmm. or Marie Maidu, if you're here. Um, <laughs> but basically, it was a club, which is confusing. It's a hotel, <laughs> but it's a club. It was a club? Yeah, it's called Club Mermaid. Oh. But it's actually a hotel. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Which would get confusing. It does. It, it gets very confusing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. It looks pretty comfortable. Free Wi-Fi, everyone, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, $5,000 for a time that we couldn't really figure out. 5,000 yen. Oh, that's right. 5,000 yen. Sorry. Because that'd be quite expensive. Yeah. It then became the most expensive hotel in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, it wasn't. It was uh, yen. Well done. Uh, I'm glad that's the currency. Uh, I've been paying everyone in dollars. Uh, Monopoly mostly, but... One thing I found quite intriguing about that is that no one would go near it. I think it had a certain stigma because you're right next to a very religious place. Mm-hmm. And across the way, it's pretty much promotion of one thing we all can understand uh, <laughs> will end up in babies nine months later. Hey, ask your parents, kids, if you don't know how that works. Uh, stork comes along, drops a kid, whatever. So I'm just going to say the thing that I loved was the fortune stuff. There's mm. about yeah. 27 rows <laughs> of fortune sticks. And if you don't know what that is, unlike me, who's cultured by playing video games, you shake a tin and one drops out. And if the symbols, the characters, are read upside down, then it's a bad fortune. But if they're the right side up, then it's a good fortune. And then you find your correlating door, which is like a little shelf, and you pull out a form of paper, which was printed about 6,000 times. It's very touristy. And then you read your good or bad fortune. And if you have a bad fortune, you can make a little nice origami puppet and string it up on a thing. So you give it to someone else, in, in theory. Yours, I mean, we, we, all got, we both got um, two good fortunes and a uh, neutral fortune, was I, it? I got a regular fortune. Regular a regular fortune. fortune. Yeah. Just normal It's because you didn't me. contribute mm. enough awesome... Monopoly dollars. But um, mine, mine seemed like a very good fortune. Danny's, however. Oh yeah, mine was meant to be a great fortune, but every single thing about it is bad. <laughs> so I think you were reading it if it was upside down because mm. there were two parts to it. Well, most well, of it's all, in all mine says is uh, there is a little bit worry about travelling. Mm. Apart from that, I've got no other worries. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fine when it comes to uh, building and moving house, uh, marriage and employment. I'm fine. So, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, You're we, the luckiest one out of the three of us, then. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I forgot mine instantly because it's, uh, it's got words on it. Uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, I was expecting it to be a fortune cookie, so I was a bit miffed. And, you uh, went there for lunch, didn't you? I, I did. I wanted mm. a nice, uh, well, post-lunch snack. I yeah. had to stop so you from cool. eating the stick. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, yeah. Did he think it was a Mikado stick? No, I actually thought it was a hairpin, uh, which which would have helped me a year ago, but not so much now. It was a pokey stick to you. It could have been. I could have poked any stick with it. Um, But basically, I think that part is quite fun. It's just fun to get in the culture. Then around the corner from that was a blessed fountain that you could wash your hands with Mm. for cleansing with a nice demonic statue in the center. it wasn't a demon, but it looked pretty mean. Uh, warrior of sorts, probably called Benji. <laughs> but basically, yeah, that's kind of a ritualistic thing. That was packed out, almost like a Michael Jackson concert, not back to the throwback. We've seen a lot of Michael Jackson out here, actually. There must be an anniversary, but a lot of his stuff has been all over the place, I've noticed, which is intriguing because we've forgotten him everywhere else. But hey-ho. <laughs> so the washy thing, I thought that was kind of cool. 
Uh, you mm -hmm. have to have a degree in how to wash your hands uh, to use it. Well, I looked it up before we went, and right. uh, the ritual is because they have these little bamboo sort of um, ladles. Yeah. Uh, so you take the ladle and you wash your left hand, and then you wash your right hand, right. and then you wash the ladle and put it back. So you don't jump in with scuba gear? No, you don't. Oh. <laughs> that's what I was building it's myself to do. It's too small. Well, you say that, but it's if a magical portal. If you jumped portal. in, it would, like, empty. It was so essentially a waste of time you carrying that around all day, wasn't it? It was. Mm. Uh, I mean, I was hopeful. Because I thought it was a magical portal to the other world. Mm. You know, which is an easy mistake to make. What I liked about uh, that kind of thing, obviously, is very busy place. Uh, but it wasn't strictly tourists. Most, I would say, a good 60-70% were locals which I liked mm. in that area. And then you get to the main temple where you have obviously um, the ability to sort of throw money into a big box, which is ritual here, mm -hmm. say a prayer. And it's Guan Yin, wasn't it? Goddess yeah. of Mercy. Uh, in Japan, they call her Canon. Yes, that's K. right. Yeah. Hence the brand Canon being named after, which we found out. Mm, Our yes. camera is there for a deity. But they just changed the K to a C. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's good to know. Yes. It's good to know because uh, we, we film with a deity every day, which is <laughs> Well, nice. you don't need to call me that, you know. So I'm quite modest nowadays. You are president of 16 countries. So. <laughs> Say again, sorry. Uh, I, I was just saying the camera's like God's eye. It's God's eye. Mm. So we better do a good job, kids. You'll have to tell us if we are or not. <laughs> On the comments, you never leave us. Uh, but basically, we're going to get phoned by a random Hong Kong number. This is good for comedy. <laughs> that that was our uh, producer's phone going off. Maybe that was God telling us what he thought. I honestly think that we've been talking about uh, deities for so long. It could have been. Yeah. It could have been either that or it's the pizza man confused by the fact we haven't ordered pizza. Because you I want know a pizza we, now. We, we order. Yeah, the pizza man. Why have you mentioned pizza? Because we haven't ordered it. I'm hungry. Sorry. Well, I'll cook you one up with. Uh, Quantum physics. There you go. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the phone went off. Were any, anything important? I don't know. It was the Brooklyn Nine-Nine theme song. It was. So the it was. I'm just going to put that out there so <laughs> no one gets sued or uh, infringed or anything like this. Um, that was a great. That was a great uh, kind of icebreaker there. It was on mute. I don't know why it rang. It was obviously important that it unmuted itself. It was good timing with all of this godly talk. I switched it off. Yes. To be fair, my phone was on mute um, during the typhoon, but that didn't stop all the alerts blaring in my ear. Yeah, mm. yeah, I can hear them. They were quite gnarly as well. It so maybe you've just missed something really important, like a hurricane's coming our way or something. Mm. Or it's just the pizza man. Mm -hmm. That's that is also it. really important. Yeah, they, I'll put them on a par. It's important to say that uh, Tokyo pizza guys are actually psychic. They know when you're hungry and they phone you. Mm. So they say, do you want a pizza? My phone wouldn't shut up. Exactly. Exactly. So, yes, yeah, so we did all of that, which is great. We filmed some stuff outside of the main gate, which is also immensely famous as a landmark. Not going to tell you a thing after that, <laughs> but you kind of casually see some of what we're talking about. You also see the markets from the outside. Mm -hmm. It's very disrespectful filming in the center of a market, especially at full pace, and these places were busy. So we did something unique, which you'll see in uh, season three. Subscribe it's a now. Long, well, yeah, it's a, you'll see it in <laughs> so by Halloween two thousand. <laughs> you'll see it by Halloween two thousand and twenty. I went South African there. Uh, I do apologise to <laughs> South Africa for that. 
especially Charlie Saron, who's the president of South Africa by the time this is airing. I'm sure. I'm sure she is. Um, either that or she's playing one. I don't know. It's hard to tell of actors. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. Uh, so we went to Ikebukuro. We missed this. Ikebukuro, we went in our own time. We have been mm-hmm. talking about owls. So I thought I'd quickly go back there. We have discussed the connection between owls and Ikebukuro. Mm-hmm. We have discussed it. But we went back to see the Halloween party. And Pete and I went on our own. Uh, because hand in hand, like two champions. Yeah. Uh, we went on our own to the wrong part. Where Indeed. there was nothing particularly Halloween at all. <laughs> Wynn sent us a little post. You know, kind of Top Gear style. Our producer sends us a message. There's a Halloween party. Go check it out. We went to the wrong side of which there wasn't a Halloween party per se. But there was dodgy business guys staring at women by a pachinko slot place. Yeah. It's the first time since being here that I think the word seedy yes. is appropriate. Big time. The, this is the back end of Ikebukuro, the mm-hmm. old part. I, I'm i in half minds. I think at night time that place would be lit up like Kabuki-chan. be mm-hmm. pretty cool. The other thing that's important to say is there was a lot of families there in that area. It did look was- seedy as hell to us. Mm. But if you've got kids walking around, it can't be too bad. It was more, I would say, working class mm. is what it felt. Well, I, I don't think there's a dangerous part to this city at all. No, I mean, no. Apart from the snakes. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, the 10-foot uh, vultures and mm-hmm. the other things in the zoo. They're quite friendly, though. They are. They're, they're, the zoo, zoo snakes are friendly. Mm-hmm. But the, um, I would say I, I feel it's a bit like or very akin to, say, the uh, Irish part of Liverpool is what it felt like to me. It's kind of working class. You can aggravate someone you shouldn't aggravate and probably get shot that night or worse. But basically it is, it's kind of like just a different area that we were in. And it was mm-hmm. totally the wrong area. Uh, that's, that's got to put that out there. Because if you actually go the other side of the train station, it got very Halloweeny very quickly, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It did. It did, yeah. yeah. It was a very producer. cool area. Well, our producer had to come all of the many uh, miles to hold our hands and take us to the right place. Yeah, and all of about that. three stops on the train, was it? Yeah, yeah, four. Ikebukuro is also quite famous for uh, cosplay shops. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. So it's, it's the... I wasn't quite sure if it was just a normal day with people dressing up or if it was linked yeah, to the Halloween that's thing. The, well, that's the thing about Japan. Um, you never really know, do you? It's <laughs> no. almost Halloween every day. But when I saw the stage, then I was like, there was... I think there was an event that just finished when we arrived. Well, the important thing to say is that Akihabara is the place for everything nerdy uh, and cosplay and otaku-y and all this kind of stuff. But Ikebukuro is the second stage sure. sort of thing. And there's an animate... Uh, Building. Yeah. Would you say department store? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, yeah. nine floors Nine of... floor animate... Department store, which yeah. again, mm. outside of Akihabara, doesn't exist. So no. this place actually felt more busy. It was packed. It was, it was packed full of locals nuts. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the other one was more like you got all yeah, the you, tourists and Everyone stuff. from America here, and stuff, yeah. Here it was all like, all the school kids were out yeah. like mm-hmm. shopping. Yeah, mostly. And uh, we had a few good experiences in there because uh, at one point, we, uh, well, I, I've still, I've had my equilibrium a bit messed up, not being able to hear in my left ear was blocked for the best part of a week now. 
And so my balance has been all over the place. Yeah. And this this place is so packed. It was super hot in there as well because mm. I don't know if they had the aircon on or probably not. But it was quite hot and it was very, very busy. Each floor was packed out. At one point, Wynn was like, I'm going to go uh, just go to the bathroom, wrestle everyone to get into the queue because it, it was nuts, right? I, what I saw, and I swear <laughs> to God, what I saw on the sign said comic books and materials like for drawing and and stuff and i was like oh, i would like to check that out that'd be kind of cool see if they've got any gnarly pens or anything and as we got down i i skipped the floor because i went to the fourth floor with pete and it was basically homosexual manga the whole yeah. thing was with loads of little girl like catholic schoolgirls, what it looked like mm. giggling like maniacs <laughs> like hey look at that uh, in japanese which sounds exactly <laughs> the same any language i'm yeah. pretty sure <laughs> pete and i walk in there the only males apart from the weirdest looking dudes i've ever seen and most yeah. of them quite old as well <laughs> weird old lads um so within two seconds i was like hmm not seeing much materials, but because it's so busy, you get kind of pulled into the, <laughs> the rat race, you, you know. Stuck. We had to do the rounds to get back out. We <laughs> literally went and saw everything on the floor, and we were like, huh, interesting. So, is it Dojin? It's Dojin, isn't it? It was something like that, yes. yeah. And I haven't looked this up, but I can tell you all right now, James, my very well-versed and educated cousin, who is half Japanese himself, is laughing like a crazy person <laughs> at the fact that we're in a dojin level. So, James, we suffered for your comedy, sir. And I hope I hope you're all right. I think you led me there on purpose. I think I think this entire thing has been trying to tell me something. Oh, naturally, I did. Yeah, uh, of course, I did. Uh, it was how you propose to your best mate. You see, it's it's that kind of level. But it was quite wacky. And then we got down eventually to the right third floor. Obviously, there's yeah. two of them. <laughs> And uh, still no materials, but we got to see a lot of cool stuff. One Punch Man, a lot of English translated manga, which I'm throwing this out there. I never thought would exist in Tokyo. So that shows a bit of an evolution here because I'm pretty sure that's a recent thing. I think it's the only place we've seen it, isn't it? Uh, I've seen it in the floor of a place in Akihabara, but Mm. this is the biggest selection I had that I've seen here. But that was quite interesting to see that because... Again, usually it's really not. But it, I will point out that it's kind of stuffed in the corner. Yeah. And it's by, meant... By the tills. By the tills. So if it's busy, you've got to fight through the queue to get there. Yeah. And it's also important to say there's only about three rows. Yeah. And then it goes back to Japanese on the fourth <laughs> one. So you've got very limited selection. I think if you are in the US or the UK, Stick with what you got on your doorstep. Uh, If you are coming out here in particular to find English sub things, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Very difficult. But yeah, uh, not impossible is the the point. So we came out of there. We actually, because we're mixing the days up, this is all our week. From Ikebukuro, we just sort of came back to our territory, did things we do. But Asakusa, if I can go back to yesterday... We actually walked back through Akihabara and then um, we, we actually found a few things en route back that we hadn't seen before here. One of them was a place called TGI Fridays. Now, I'm not sure 
if anyone um, in the USA or the UK has ever heard of TGI Fridays. No, no, um, they're, they're extremely rare, so I've heard. Massively rare. Mm. Um, like Good Steak. And I actually applied for a job at TGI's. Yeah. Here? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I see. Well, I'd run off without you. Yeah, yeah. How, what, did they, what did they think? I didn't hear a thing back for them. This is when I was 18. Right. When I was at uni. Right. Um, and then I eventually ended up working at Frankie and Benny's. That's more or less the same thing. Yeah, it's not a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but TGI Friday, we, uh, Wynn and I actually went out last night to explore it. Uh, we've obviously never heard of it before. Um, and they sell some amazingly uh, Japanese uh, local dishes. Like uh, you had ribs, didn't you? Short stack, baby back, something like this. But they did guacamole on your table. So they actually brought this plate out of all the ingredients and started mixing it for you. And I think they're doing that in America now. I think in England, you should never ask for that. Because uh, most places, guacamole in England, they'll probably just come out with a can of it from Sainsbury's. Because TGI's is well known for its Mexican food, isn't it? It is now. Mm. It is now. It's got at least three options. I saw fish tacos and <laughs> some kind of quesadilla thing that's not actually a taco called a taco. There you go. Again. You were hankering for a salad, so. I, yeah, that's the thing about Tokyo. You can't really get big sort of, big portion salads. Yeah, there. it's it's actually hard. It's going to sound weird, but it's hard. And Maybe it's just because we're stupid and not local, but it's hard to find good vegetable portions here. And every so often being the fact that uh, I want a gold star on the end of my report, uh, I want vegetables and it's just difficult to get them. So, I have also been trying my hardest to find these. Gold stars? Yeah, yeah. No vegetables <laughs> to absolutely no avail. Absolutely. However well, hard I look. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if they're right in front of me, I still can't see them. I know, yeah. You've got a blind spot for uh, fruit and veg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically... Uh, I just want to point out that, because you, you mentioned that I had ribs. Mm-hmm. You had salad. Mm-hmm. And most places that we go to, when we place our orders, they give you the ribs and give me the salad. That's correct. <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong. Give me the ribs. Well, frankly, yeah. we, I think we discussed that when we were talking about LA years ago and in, in possibly the first ever episode. <laughs> I think we discussed you and your turkey. Like, yep. But I think what was interesting about Japan is they didn't have the same reaction. They just gave us two plates to share. Yeah. Which mm. was actually more Hong Kong. Yeah, it's very Chinese. Yeah. Like, share, share all the food so everyone gets a bit no, of everything. Give me no. all the ribs. Yes. Well, that was <laughs> literally what Wynn did. Wynn then threw bones at my head for the <laughs> remaining of the meal. But one thing that I found particularly strange about our meal was this out of nowhere, we were there. The place was pretty much empty, apart from us, the staff, and uh, two guys called Boris. Uh, one, They're both called Boris. Yeah, Boris and Boris, and one was a Johnson, and the other one was uh, Yeltsin. And anyway, so we were there. The two most famous Borises. That's it, <laughs> the, the, the BBs. Uh, but we were there for a while, and then this super huge queue formed outside for no reason. We didn't see the end of that, so there's no punchline, but it just sort of happened. It wasn't was for the restaurant, was it? No, I don't think it was. I think it was, uh, I, I, what I would imagine it was, was something to do with a tour group. Mm. And they were being lured around the baseball stuff. Hi, you're waving to me. I am. Talking about restaurants, do you want to share uh, our robot experience? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, and possible, maybe, maybe not food poisoning. Yes, that was great. Um, we went to a, not, well, it's formerly a conveyor belt sushi thing. It's a bit like Genki in Hong Kong. It comes to you on a rocket ship. Yeah. But basically, 
we walked into a place called how is it harazuka or hanazuka harazuka it's a chain here of sushi but it's affordable sushi for families and therefore it very cheap might have killed me partly but i was okay yeah we walked in there and lo and behold there was a robot server so you basically engage with a robot and this is the most japanese thing i've actually seen but i think the whole funding went on the robot and the rest (laughs) of it meh but basically the robot has an ipad and you just start pressing it and doing your orders and stuff mm. and then the robot talks to you and does gestures in english which was quite weird yeah you can choose your yeah, language yep yeah, yep yeah. so that was an experience uh as far as sushi is concerned in japan i think that's the biggest letdown of my life that was not a good place so if you are local uh i apologize if you enjoy hara or hanazuki whatever it's called and if you are coming into Japan and see one, it's really on you. But I feel like there's better places. Well, you out like there. a proper sushi restaurant. Well, I think if you're in Japan, that's what you should mm. do. You know, it's it's kind of a once in a lifetime shot of doing it right. We also saw, speaking about seafood, a big segue. Not a robot service as such. We see that in Kabukicho. But what we saw, Pete and I, whilst you were off getting a fruit juice in a smoothie place filled with Cantonese people, oddly, in Asakusa, was a Fuga restaurant. Fugu. Fugu, yeah. No, Fuga, Fugu restaurant. <laughs> or a Fuga, Fuga, Fugugu It restaurant. didn't look open to me, though, so I wonder if something had happened recently. Well, I was telling Pete, it's a less-known tale here, definitely factual, that if you're a chef, training to slice puffer fish it's so deadly the venom that if you get it wrong even on the skin you lose your arm right your hand falls off okay it's that toxic Mm. so when you walk into a place you know by reputation if the chef comes at you and he's got no arms and he's using his teeth to actually chop stuff up then he's actually okay he's just failed two times in training See, that's an that's, uh, important health and safety notice about... Is it fu- fu- Fugu? Fugu. Fugu. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Which is puffer fish to uh, everybody else. It's a notorious dare that mm. most Westerners dare themselves to try it at an excruciatingly high price. Oh, it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. That stuff. Very expensive. We, lo- we looked it up, didn't we? We were looking about, what, 60 quid? 60, yeah. Something like that. But it, I, I've actually heard that it's not very good. Like, it's very tasteless. Mm. So it's basically you're paying for the near-death experience <laughs> and for just... I, I ate puffer fish, you know. Yeah. That T-shirt. I, I just think you should make a T-shirt. Right, I'm calling Hobo Bait right now. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to get back to filming. We've got a, a couple of days. Tonight, we're actually going to go to the Sony Street in near Ginza. I think it is in Ginza. It's in Ginza, yeah. We're going to check that out as tourists. We're putting our tourist hats on, guys. But we'll tell you all about that on the next episode. And we're going to film. We're we're closing down filming. We've got a special, which is now kind of a tradition at the end of our show. We're going to be doing the last episode for this in filming terms. It won't be aired last, but it will be a special. Yokohama, which is very cool. It's a place that Yoko gets her hammers from. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also it gets extremely drunk. Is it still a sponsor of Chelsea? Oh, Yokohama Tires. Yeah. I think it is, isn't it? Because they're from there. Yeah. It's their place. Well, Chelsea. 
Yeah, yeah. Charles is always from Yokohama, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's quite an away trip, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, when when you uh, play that fixture in the UK, you are prepared for a 16-hour flight. Mm -hmm. But um, I will say this. I just mentioned the word Chelsea on air, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm now going to have to have a bath in toxic waste. So, sorry. A very small bath. Very small Being bath. in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically a dip in a... Well, basically a grown-up sink is what I'd call the yeah. bathtub here. Uh, but basically, I'm excited about Sony Street. We should all be excited, especially because we all own PS4s, don't we, everyone here? Mm -hmm. Wynn owns a 7 because they're mine. <laughs> and I rent them out I like to... my PS3 because it has Katamari. There you go. So we've <laughs> all had a Sony affiliation of sorts. Wynn's happens to be the weirdest one. I'm going to say this. Very excited. We will tell you all about it next time. But just to close the episode off with a kind of hmm feeling, which is always good. Would you try Fuga? Fugu. Well, Fuga is a cousin of Fugu. Would you try Fuga Fugu? Or just Fugu? No, would you try Fugu? I can't say this word. I get confused. Would you try Fugu? If money was an object, probably. I like food. You would try it. Mm. Would you just do it because you're curious or would you do it because someone's paying you an extraordinary amount of money to have it? Nah, I'd just have it. Yeah, it's not really a thing. Not badge of honor. No. No. Okay, fair I enough. I like food. You'd, you would eat anything once. I would. At least Just to once. see if I like it or not. Yeah, that's. I think it'll be alright. That's right. a stereotypical fish, you answer for uh, <laughs> people in Hong Kong. So, Pete, someone who's human, what would you do? I'd do it for the story. You do it for the stuff for yeah. the T-shirt. Yeah, I'd right. do it for the T-shirt. There you go. Ask yeah. me. Would you have fugu? I can't say it. I never eat what I can't say. <laughs> But but we're ordering something else. <laughs> yeah, fuga, no, I'd please. get a Fuga, which is actually a bar that I used to go to in LA, but hey-ho. Uh, Fuga Just turns up with owl chops or something. Exactly. But to close the episode out, would Danny do Fugu? Answer? No. No, no, no. Uh, because uh, I prefer uh, pizza. Speaking of which, we might get another call from our pizza man in a minute. <laughs> we're going to have to go. So from me... Happy New Year, and hope 2020 gives a lot of gold medals to Japan. They deserve it, obviously, not biased in any sense. But if England can do it, then great. <laughs> great Britain for the Olympics. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Enjoy it. Hope you had Happy a great... New Year. Happy New Year. Hope you had a great New Year's Day and celebration. Bye from me. Bye from the rest of the gang. Over to win for the wrap-up. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.rebelrated.